Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. From the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening. With you for the full three, we are asking you to download the Odyssey app. We know you're not in the car as much, but you will listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can use your smartphone. You can use your Alexa speakers. You can use your tablet or your transistor radio or your turntable or your pager. Whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show, give us a follow on our personal Twitter pages at JMCH316 is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. On the other side of the glass, producing the show as always, Day Day is in the house at the D. Lewis for real. Well, we get ready to watch some Braves baseball here as uh, they can wrap things up tonight. That was a that was a stirring victory to come back last night. Again, they were down six to nothing. And, you know, we were kind of watching that game and just was like, yeah, you know, it's not really going to happen tonight. And, you know, they were kind of getting clubbed around. And, you know, they gave up a couple of runs, you know, in the second, third, fourth. Then again in the sixth. And it's like, okay, you know, just not the Braves night. Bryce Elder was not very good again. Um, you know, not that he, he got pounded on, but just, you know, couldn't get outs. And, and they piled up a bunch of runs on him. And then – you know, Pilar homers, and all of a sudden, they start to creep back into it. Sixth inning, they get three. Seventh, a uh, couple or more. Eighth inning, you know, they take the lead for good. 
with uh, with a couple of more runs and just hang on to win and uh, Raziel Iglesias closes things out and that was a that was a fun victory you know especially with you know again you have to figure that the Cubs were on some emotional look they're fighting for a playoff spot Dansby coming back home right Dansby coming back you know and all the hoopla that that surrounded that and, and not just I'm talking about what what the Braves did for him and all that but just his emotions, you know, wanting to do well in front of the home folks and everything. So, um, you know, you had to figure that there was a lot of emotion for the uh, for the Braves, or I should say for the Cubs in that game last night, but they could not uh, handle and uh, take it on. Uh, by the way, guess who got the loss in that game? Yes, good old Drew Smiley took the loss uh, in that game. Former Atlanta Brave starting pitcher that really didn't do much of anything for this club. But anyway, so... Braves get back at it uh, tonight. Darius Vines, who uh, in his one start was really good in Colorado. I mean, you know, against I should say against Colorado Rockies. I mean, he was he pitched really well at the end of uh, end of August um, when uh, when he had his one start. But uh, we'll see what happens. But obviously, the Braves can close this thing out. And are we still worried about the best record? And uh, are we still worried about the division or anything like that? Okay. I mean, again, I, I don't know why we've had to panic about the, everything. I, now, at this point, it feels like, because, again, it's going to be a fait accompli that the Braves are going to end up with the best record, probably in Major League Baseball when all is said and done. Again, if they win tonight, I think Day Day, what is it? If they win tonight, they clinch home field through the NLCS, and then if they win one more game, I think that would be home field advantage through the World Series. So that that's I think that's what the what the uh, idea is. Uh, so look, win tonight, take care of your business. Again, we'll see what happens, and we'll keep you up to date about uh, what happens um, all night long. But take care of your business tonight, and uh, you know, again, uh, this may be a time to give some guys a day off here. You don't have many more games in the regular season, and obviously they'll uh, they'll have a bye in this first round of this whatever Fakakta playoff thing is. I mean, they'll have a buy in it. So, um, again, they'll get a little bit of time off. So you wonder, okay, if they clinch tonight and you know you got home field through the NLCS, okay, does Snitger rest a couple of guys? Now, again, there's only, what, um, five games left? And and you're about to play the, the dreadful, god-awful Washington Nationals coming up in your last series. So, um, you know, again, it might be time to give some guys – a day off here, a day off there. Obviously, though, there is a lot of personal records, and really team records. I mean, the, the team home run record, I would love to see them hit, you know, the the whatever it was, the the 300-plus home runs that the uh, the Minnesota Twins did. What, uh, the Twins and the Yankees had the two highest individual seasons uh, for team home runs, right? Just, it was at, was that 2019, I believe, when, when Minnesota and the Yankees went one, two as far as all time and home runs for a team. So I would love to see the Braves be able to to beat that record. And obviously they've beaten the 2003 team as far as runs scored. Um, Olsen has the single season home run record. So again, there's still things that, you know, may not mean as much, you know, personally, we talked with Justin Toscano about this last night. You know, again, maybe they don't have as much meaning for some things, but You'd like to see some of these milestones be hit uh, for this team, right? It would be it would just be another feather in the cap of 
of how good this Brave season has been, where it's really it, it really feels like it's not been competitive. I'd say it that way, but I mean it really feels like it's it's not been a competitive season for the Braves. Like they haven't had to overexert themselves or work really hard because again, the fishnets and the mutts and the Philadelphia Phillies, they're all a bunch of dirt bags. They're all dirt bags. They're all dirt bag, flea bag, scuzz bucket organizations, and they get everything that they deserve. So, again, it's really been just kind of the Braves controlling this thing from start to finish. Um, I think what, what what is the stat? The, the, the last time the Braves weren't in first place was game three, something like that. Like that was the stat that was brought up. So we'll keep you up to date uh, all night long about uh, what goes on uh, with the Atlanta Braves as they look to wrap up home field throughout the uh, National League playoffs. Um, Falcons get ready for London calling as uh, Sunday they will be – in London, early against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Our coverage will start at uh, what? Uh, what the heck is it? It's, uh, uh, what is it? Is it 9 o'clock? Is that when our uh, coverage starts? Uh, so our pre- Oh, 7, 7.30 to 9.30 is yeah, our pre Yeah, but yes. you know what? We were talking about this yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. The producer for the uh, tailgate show says they are doing the show. Really? Yes. So they're going to do from 5.30 to... Uh, I think she said it's a shortened show. Instead of two hours, it's an hour and a half. Ah, okay. Uh, That's still early. Because that's Joe Freaky Deaky and my guy Harper. Yes. um, Who you can't spell CTE without the word Harper. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Um, Anyway, that's my guy, Harper. uh, Harper LaBelle, uh, former Atlanta Falcon himself. Yes. Um, so that's freaky deaky. So you've got two old guys <laughs> that have to get up early, and I don't know how I don't know how young Joe is. I think Joe's Joe's a younger Joe Patrick. Joe, yeah. if I had to guess, I'd say Joe's what late twenties, maybe early thirties. Yeah, probably late twenties or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, again, he's you know he's he's not like the rest of us. Yeah, he's he's not still what's guy. the saying? He still got milk behind his ears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you know, he's he's. Uh, Joe's my guy. We we've done TV the last yeah, couple of times he's, together. He's and, real cool. Yeah, Joe Joe's my guy. But uh, but you got two old guys in Harper and Freaky Deaky that uh, that have to get up uh, early. So Freaky probably you know he's uh, again he's still probably body clock wise used to getting up that. Yeah, because I mean he did that for so long. Yeah. So and and probably not you know again not on Sundays per se, but uh, again he'll be he'll be all right. I mean he'll he'll be he'll yeah. be fine. So. Um, okay, so we will get the wait for a tailgate yeah, show. Yeah, she did see an hour and a half. It last night. So six. They to, so they'll go. They'll go from um, six to seven thirty, and then seven thirty to nine thirty. Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson will have all of your pregame coverage, and then of course Toe meets Leather at nine thirty. Wes and Dave will have the call, and then Chris and uh, Mike Johnson will have all of your postgame. So um, it will be fun because again, you get the game over with, right? So we're we're going to the uh, North Georgia Fair. On Sunday. Oh, we went this past Sunday. Okay, so yeah. we'll 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 go this Sunday um, because we had a whole lot to do last weekend. So okay, we'll go. And, and she was out of town uh, oh, last week, right? Because of her, off, yeah, uh, from her being fall off school. Break. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll go to the North Georgia Fair on Sunday, and uh, it'll be nice because we'll have the Falcons game out of the way. Don't have to worry about watching all that, and uh, you know we'll we'll watch it and then uh, and then go to the fair uh, from there. So um, all good stuff. So. We'll uh we'll talk to Tori McElhaney coming up at uh, at seven forty, and wow, I mean, what a shocking trade! I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks. Look, did you see the story yesterday 
where Drew Holiday was like, yeah, I'm looking for a contract extension and I want to retire here. And <laughs> traded. Yeah, see, we uh, had a conversation with Giannis and uh, we made him a promise. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder how all of that is going to work itself out. Like, again, we will, um, you know, we'll see how all of that works out. But um, are the Bucks? Are did the Bucks make a move that makes them better than us? Or they made a move uh, that what? convinces? Uh, well, yes, that oh. for sure. Oh, but okay. it's a move that convinces Giannis that they're serious about. Oh, look, okay. he's he's he was ready to he's ready now, to you, roll. No, okay. So I, yes, better than us. Uh, okay, so <laughs> he uh, doesn't he get paid like five hundred billion dollars or yes, whatever somewhere oh, okay. around there? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, look. Uh, are they in the East, Milwaukee? That that they would be. Okay. Um, so Boston got their star. They signed they signed uh, Jalen uh, uh, Jalen, you yeah. know, to a long term deal. Uh, Dame's going to. Are they better than the Hawks, or how's that working yeah, out? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, on paper, yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we certainly with all the stars that we signed, we are we, we certainly did get better, right? I mean, we we signed a first team All NBA guy. No, we mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But listen, um, we're banking on coaching and everybody coming together, and let's uh, let's hope it all works itself uh, out. So, did the East get better, or did did we did we get better? East definitely got way uh, more competitive. Yeah. Did we get better? No comment. Yeah. Um, uh, the funniest story about all of this, um, besides the, the fact that Holiday was. Literally just yesterday, I was reading a story that said, "Yeah, he was looking for a contract extension to stay with the Bucks, and he was gonna. He wanted to retire. He literally said, I want to retire with Milwaukee.' Yeah, about that. Um, but the funniest story, and and we'll get to this in what's bugging Chuckery. Nobody saw this coming. There have been so many rumors about where Dame Lillard was going to play, and none of them." None of them included Milwaukee. Nobody. I was literally thinking that driving in today. I was like, where were all the insiders' tweets about this? We'll get to that coming up at 840 because that's the best part about all of this stuff. That's the funniest part. That's the best part about all of this stuff is just the fact that all the talking head nudniks that everybody hangs on their every word – didn't have any of this. Maybe because the teams that were involved decided not to feed them the information like they do or whatever like that. You know, Woj has a whole PowerPoints presentation that he gives the teams to solicit information from, right? Mm, You've no, seen that story that. about, about uh-uh. where he – so he, he basically does this campaign. Like, like, he'll talk to general managers and all this and mm-hmm. campaign to get information and stuff like that. You know, he does a whole PowerPoints presentation and we can reach this many millions of people and blah, 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 blah. And all the other funk and wagnall stuff or whatever, you know, that they've that they've got going on. So um yeah, they 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 basically solicit um information. So again, I mean, listen, if it works for them, it works for them. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. you know, Sham Sharinia, um, you know, I, I, I laugh because, you know, people are like, Oh, they get everything right. Sham's Sham had at the trade deadline last year, he had four guys that he said were absolutely gonna be traded. One of those four guys was traded. One. <laughs> One of the four. Oh, these four guys are on the move. They're going on the move. One. One out of four. Is that a good batting average? If you 
You know, would that would that get you in the Hall of Fame if you're one for four? Yeah, no. Anyway, so all right, here's what we got going on. Uh, 404-726-0929. I'm asking this question. How important does Sunday become? How important does Sunday become? Is it not really that important? Or does the idea of dropping back to 500, losing two in a row, is that not where we need to be right now? 404 726 We'll get your thoughts, and we'll talk about that next. Chuck Reed hanging out in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back at a Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios with you. Wednesday night. All right, 404-726-0929. That is both our phone line and our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Taking your thoughts about how important Sunday becomes for the Falcons. And I think that this is an important game. And look. When teams have started 2-0, and uh, so here's the couple of stats, all right? I don't know if you know this one, Day-Day. So here's a couple of stats. 
the since the te- since the league went to 32 teams, teams that start 2 and 0 have made the playoffs 62% of the time, okay? Now, over the last 2 years when we've had this expanded playoff, right? This this uh extra game and expanded playoff, right? The extra playoff team, 13 teams the last 2 years, not counting this year, but 13 teams the last 2 seasons started out 2 and 0. 11 of those teams made the playoffs. So we've done ourselves a lot of good work at the beginning of the season. We'll talk to Tori McElhaney coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. So there's been a lot of heavy lift in the first couple of weeks of the season. But if you drop this game to Jacksonville and you start looking at kind of where the schedule is. So first off, the Jacksonville game is a home game, if you will, for the Falcons. That does count. They're they're the home team in this thing. So they only have eight games in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, right? Packer or sorry, Panthers, Packers, Texans, Commanders, uh, Vikings, Saints, Bucks, and Colts. So this is, you know, a uh, technically is a home game for the Falcons. But if you start looking through the schedule, and I'm not still saying that it's a brutal schedule by any stretch, but all of a sudden the Texans look like they have a quarterback. Look, Jacksonville this weekend is desperate to get a win. They need to figure some things out. They won their division last year. They need to figure some things out. They desperately need a win. The Commanders have looked better. The Buccaneers, um, and then you go on the road, you know, to the Buccaneers and Titans. Titans stink. Vikings stink. Cardinals just beat the Cowboys. Um, You go to Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden, they look like a different team. So, while, again, the schedule isn't brutal by any stretch, but there are some landmines or at least some teams that have looked better out of the jump than maybe what we thought. Like, we thought that, okay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to stink everything up, right? Like, they've got Baker Mayfield, and, you know, they don't have all the talent, or blah, 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 whatever, okay? Well, now all of a sudden, you know, you look at at the standings, and, you know, Tampa's 2-1, and one. And they, uh, let's see, what do they have uh, this weekend? They've got the Saints. They're in New Orleans to take on the Saints. That could be a swing game for them, you know, staying, you know, in the top part of the division. But, you know, again, there's there's landmines that could be coming up. And obviously, once you get through Jacksonville and then the next two weeks at home, you start to play a lot more road games. And while, again, the Bears don't look like they're very good, the Panthers aren't very good, um, the Cardinals, again, kind of a miracle win, but the Cardinals have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. The Titans stink. Uh, the Vikings are not a very good football team. But still, you don't want to just drop back to 2-2 two and two and have to face the Texans and Commanders over the next couple of weeks where those could be real 50-50 games. We talked about the idea of you know 50-50 games with Georgia Tech. Well, those could start feeling like 50-50 games if you drop back now all of a sudden you're two and two, and while you are at home, Texans look better, Commanders look a little bit better. So I again, it's not going to define the season, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's not mass critical that the Falcons find a way to win, 
But you've got Jacksonville, who's on the ropes right now, and you know you're coming home for a couple of games. I think the Falcons need to find a way to, to you know, figure out a way to win this thing. Now, again, when we talk about this game, you know, when we look at it, look, get back to the basics. You know, they threw the ball way too much to start that game. I think it was like, what, six of the first eight plays or um, I think I think the stat that, that Dave and Wes were talking about, 12 of the first 18 plays were passes. That's not who we are. I don't care if they load up the – I don't care if they play 15 guys and load up the box with 15, 16 guys on the defense. That's not what our – that's not what we do. Remember we've talked about all offseason about our playing personality, right, to steal a, a line from Bo Bach, our playing personality. Our playing personality isn't to drop back and huck around. And I don't care how many first-round picks we've invested in pass catchers and how many guys we're trading for and signing as free agents. I don't care how many of those guys we have. Our playing personality is to line up and run at you. Not even around you, run at you with the right side of our offensive line going north and south behind those two guys who were two of the best run-blocking offensive linemen in the entirety of the NFL. And now with not just a 1,000-yard running back from last year, hopefully at some point we'll see Cordero Patterson here coming up soon, maybe in London. I know Jeff Okuda is probably going to get more looks, you know, at corner um, in London. Um, They're going to build him into – you know, ramping up his snap count and all these kinds of things. Jerry Gray talked about that today about just, again, he thought he played well, but, again, it was only 11 plays, and they didn't really go after Okuda at all on that side, but it was only 11 plays that he played. But they'll try to ramp his, you know, snaps up and and get him more acclimated, you know, again, get him health-wise acclimated and fully up to speed. But our playing personality is to run the football. And I'm not saying you've got to run the football 14 straight times to open up the game, but your identity should be to establish running the football. And if they stop you, they stop you. You know, the old axiom in football is, you know, run it till they stop you. If they stop you all these times, then you have to figure out a a way to, to do it differently. But the idea of trying to huck it around and all this good kind of stuff just to prove a point or to think you saw something in a scheme or or like that, that's not what our playing personality is. That That's not who we are as a football team. We're not there yet. Our quarterback is not there yet. You can, you can talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, when it comes to Desmond Ritter, but our quarterback isn't, our quarterback's not Matt Ryan in year 12 where he's ready to drop back and throw it 600 times. They certainly acted like a team, you know, last week that, you know, was willing to throw it 38 times. And and hence, when you take away our playing personality, you saw what the results were. You saw that you saw that when when we don't influence the line of scrimmage on either side of the football, as we talked about last night, we're in trouble. At least we have to influence the line of scrimmage on one side of the football. If it's not going to be our defense that can influence the line of scrimmage, then at least it should be our offensive line. And we're going to talk about pro football focuses rankings um, ahead of this, uh, you know, ahead of uh, week four games uh, as far as offensive line play goes. 
And the Falcons have definitely slipped down in, you know, the rankings over the last, you know, from beginning of the season, you know, coming through these first three games of the year. But Jacksonville is one of those teams that feels like they're, you know, a maybe a wounded animal in everything. You know, I don't know if that's the, the, the right word per se, but, you know, they feel like a team that really needs to get themselves a win. And, and obviously what should be a division that they feel like they could win that thing very easily. They won it last year. I mean, the Titans are not a very good football team. The Houston Texans are, you know, they're growing and learning, and they've got a lot of young players, but they're probably not there yet. And certainly Indianapolis has been probably better than what we thought. I mean, again, we're only 2-1, and one, you know, two, three games through the season. But uh, and, and by the way, the Colts are 2-0 and oh at, uh, on the road. I don't care how you win road games in the NFL. If you're 2-0 and on the road, that's a good place to be. So it feels like that Jacksonville is one of those desperate kinds of teams that has to find a way to win at any cost. Take, your, take, the, take that away from them. Take that away from them. But I do think that this is an important game when you start sizing up just what's ahead of you. Um, and, and this could be kind of one of those swing types of games that, again, you beat up on Jacksonville. Now you know you're coming home for a couple of games against teams that you still think you're better than. And by the way, Jacksonville's a three-point favorite in London. So you would think that on a neutral site, um, you know, that's that they, they look at this, you know, uh, as pretty even. Um, but Jacksonville's a three-point favorite in this game. Now, I don't think that this game is going to get out of hand as far as, you know, the, the, the Falcons are not going to have to put up 30 points to beat Jacksonville, but they have to control the line of scrimmage. You have to influence the line on both sides of the football, running the football, doing what you do best, and then being able to win with our front four. You know, Arnold Ebicady has, by and large, been a non-factor thus far, and I was hoping for big things for him, and certainly plenty of time to get it all figured out and, and make that big leap and jump that we talked about. But right now, it's it's not happening. Now, again, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season was not doing all that much and not playing all that well. And people in Detroit were talking about, well, what's, what's wrong with Aiden Hutchinson? And then, of course, you know, he ends up lining up and doing his thing and looking like a, you know, like the – you know, Pro Bowl kind of player that he could uh, eventually be um, against the Falcons and and taking it to their to our offensive line. But you know, this is a game that the Falcons can certainly win. It feels like that that this is one of those games that Jacksonville has probably a little bit of desperation that they they need. I mean, Jacksonville falls to one and three um, while the season again is not over. You feel like okay, you're really behind the eight ball. They've already lost to the Texans. Um, in their division. They're already, you know, have one loss in the division. So you feel like that this is a team that you can beat, but you're going to have to influence the line of scrimmage to do it. And I think, and truthfully, I think get back to doing what the Falcons do best. I know that people say, well, you know, they, they have the blueprint now to beat. Yeah, but not everybody's Detroit, though. Not everybody, not everybody can, not everybody has a defensive front you know, the way Detroit does. And 
Certainly they had not played very well in the first couple of weeks of their season. Not like Detroit's probably going to be one of the better teams that we see this year. And we'll see how the schedule shakes itself out. Maybe Tampa Bay's a better team. Maybe, maybe you know, the um, Saints are a, a better team or whatever like that. But, again, we're avoiding the Eagles, Cowboys, you know, uh, Niners. 49ers, you know, and some of those top-tier teams that we, that we look at, you know. Um, so you feel like that, okay, you get through Jacksonville, and now some things start to line up, and you feel a lot more confident. But I will tell you, I mean, two and two, and you're coming home against a couple of teams that feel like 50-50 games, and it's like, oh, okay. And, you know, look, maybe catching a C.J. Stroud right now is a good thing because I think by week 13, 14, he's going to look like a different quarterback. And I'm I'm very high on C.J. Stroud. Like, I think I think Stroud is going to be a better quarterback than than Bryce Young. I, I think Stroud is going to be the, the – the, the top of that class when when all is written and said and done and everything like that. I mean, I I'm a believer in CJ Stroud. So I, I really like his game and and I think that look, they obviously, you know, they feel like that he's gonna be the the face of their franchise and, you know, he may be, but maybe catching him early is the way to go. But again, they've got a win under their belt and they're gonna feel more confident. So find a way to win. We talked about this in week one. Find a way to win. I don't care if the Falcons play ugly. I don't care if they don't look very pleasing and attractive. Just win. Nobody cares about how you win. They just care about if you win. And that's the thing in the NFL that makes it so great. No Harris Poll, no BCS computers, no playoff committee to talk about things. You go to ESPN.com. You click on you know the NFL tab, standings, and you can see who who's at the top and who's at the bottom, right? And that's all that you need for it. So find a way to win. But I do think that this is I think this is a very important game for the Falcons to not drop back to two and two and then be looking at a couple of teams that feel like all of a sudden that they've got some confidence around them. All right, Tori McElhaney coming up next. We'll talk with her about what we're going to see in London. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, and the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, back at a Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That's both our phone line and our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Uh, Tori McElhaney, unfortunately, had to cancel out at the uh, last minute on us, so we will not uh, get a chance uh, to speak with her. But um, uh, you can give us your thoughts about the the Atlanta Falcons in, in this far and what we're looking at, you know, we talked about this a couple few weeks ago that Desmond Ritter's not going to wow you with his statistics. 
You know, we talked about that even after week one. Like, he's not a guy who is going to throw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. And, you know, again, we've had a little bit of fun in, in crossovers with Mike and Carl, you know, where I, I said, I mean, I, I think that he's, you know, he's going to be probably about 450 passes, you know, which is not a very high number in today's, you know, NFL. And, you know, it was about, you know, I, I thought under 3,000 yards. And, and again, he doesn't have to be that stat machine. Now, does he have to play better? Absolutely. Like when he's got opportunities and he's got targets, he's got to hit those guys, right? And and that's how you, you put together an effective pass game. You run the football and you don't get yourself into one-dimensional situations and then you catch the other team off guard with, you know, what your passing game looks like and then you can hit some of those plays. But Desmond Ritter's never going to wow you. Look, Desmond Ritter in college was not a guy who, you know, lit lit the scoreboard up and, you know, was one of the great, uh, you know, college quarterbacks of all time. He wasn't that kind of guy. He wasn't, you know, a, a leading Heisman candidate or anything like that. But what he did was win. What he did was win. L- look at his numbers. You know, his final year when they went in the playoffs, he had 3,334 yards. That's a nice number, but that's not eye-popping, you know, considering some of the numbers that guys put up and, again, considering the Joe Burrows of the world that put up ridiculous numbers. 30 touchdowns and eight interceptions, that's a good number, but it's it's not Heisman caliber numbers. And by the way, he was only, he had one season where he had 20 touchdowns in his three years before that and never had more than 2,445 yards in three years before his final year when he literally threw it almost, what, almost 70 times more than in any season that he had at that point. He was only a 64.9% completion percentage quarterback in college. That's not a very good number. 64.9, I mean, you know, a lot of guys that are top guys are – 70% 70% or more. So he's never going to wow you with what his numbers are. But he's a winner and he's resilient. And that's the thing I think we need to to learn about Desmond Ritter, that if you put him in a situation where he has to throw it 35, 40 times, his likelihood of succeeding is not going to be all that high. By the way, quarterbacks that have to throw it 40 times in the league, by and large, aren't winning quarterbacks. If you're having to drop back that much and throw it, and again, we're not talking about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. You know, a lot of these guys that, that have to try to throw it all over the field, just they're not going to win. They're not going to win when you have to huck it around like that. And that's what was so frustrating is, I and I know we've drafted all these offensive weapons, but I need them to be really good in the red zone. I don't care what Desmond Ritter does on, you know, the first three downs from – you know, the 20 to the 20, I care about what he does in the red zone. And and right now, the five for nine in the red zone isn't good enough. You know, that's not good enough. We, we have to be a better team. We have to be better in the red zone. Because, again, that's where we can use our weapons with Bijan and Algier and Patterson and now Pitts and London and Mac Hollis and everybody else. Like, that's where we need to be great and elite at. 
Just let me know that we're elite in the red zone, and we've talked about this. You know, again, that's the stat that that I look at. And you know, if you follow me on my on my Twitter page, you see that I I put up the red zone stats. Like day day, we need to get Grant to make up one of those. You know, like like he did with Olson and. Ronnie and all that. We need like a red zone graphic, the little stat tracker graphic. Yeah, 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 like like one of those kinds of graphic picture thingies that you write on or whatever they're called or whatever like that. So, uh, 404-726-0929. Uh, Let's grab Steve down in South Fulton. What's going on, Steve? Hey, John. How you doing, man? Good, buddy. What's going on, bud? Well, yeah, you know, my thoughts on Desmond Ritter is I think he's a uh, you know a good quarterback. I do think the Falcons may need a few more dynamic playmakers. You know, they drafted Kyle Pitts pretty high to be that, but I just don't think that's who he's going to be in the NFL. At least he hasn't shown it yet through, what, three years. Drake London, he's more of a possession receiver. Same for uh, the other guy, Collins. You know, if the, it seems like the Falcons, they, they or the offense is built around a lot of short to intermediate passes, and they're – hoping that a guy can break a tackle and make, make make a big play. And that's how they're going to get their big plays. You don't see them kind of airing it out, and that's not Desmond Ritter's specialty. You know, he's not a, a, a big, you know, deep ball passer. So maybe before the trade deadline, I know they freed up some space, uh, you know, with restructuring Jake Matthews' contract. They go out and if, if there's anybody available or, or next year in the draft. But until, you know, they can add someone who strikes fear, in opposing defenses, you know, this 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 offense is going to look a little slow. It's not going to be a, a sexy, you know, like, not like Miami or, or, or Kansas City where they're just, you know, slinging the ball over the field. But yeah. if you think about it, outside of Patrick Mahomes, just about every quarterback, they need that 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 guy, right, that, that playmaker who strikes fear and, and, and to opposing offenses. I mean, Bijan can be that, but, you know, right now they're kind of using him more as a running back, and that's not really what they drafted them for. I think they need that a wide receiver before they're really threatening teams on offense like the way we want them to. Well, I think the biggest thing, Steve, is that's all fine and dandy if you can't block anybody up front. I mean, again, look at look at the first half of that game last week. Jared Goff was 71.4% completion percentage averaging 10 yards per attempt. That's an absurd number in the NFL. 10 yards an attempt is an absurd number in the NFL. But that's a team that is invested in their offensive line. And look, they had a whole bunch of guys that were missing on their offensive line. But they have the Panay Sewell, and they drafted a an Aiden Hutchinson. You know, so it's it's great to say about throwing the football over the field and, and, and getting the deep pass. If you can't block anybody up front, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If, if Desmond Ritter's not going to have time to be able to throw the football down the field, then you're not going to be able to do those kinds of things. And, and look, again, we talked about a little bit about this last night. You know, I needed Kyle Pitts to have Travis Kelsey types of numbers. Not, not even so much, you know, well, again, he needs to be a 100-catch, 1,400-yard kind of tight end or he's not going to influence the game. Unless you tell me he's going to get 21 touchdowns in the red zone, he's not going to influence the game. Catching passes at the 35-yard line and taking it out to midfield, that's nice. That's not influencing the game. 
So, again, I need Ritter to be elite in the red zone. Like I said, I, I can live with I can live with Kyle Pitts having 55 catches for 620 yards but 12 touchdowns. I can live with that because we'll be a really good football team when all is said and done. I can, I, can, I can live with that. I can live with Drake London catching 68 passes for 820 yards but have 10 or 12 touchdowns. See, I can live with all of that because that's not what our M.O. is. And, and maybe it will never be with Desmond Ritter. Again, I, I think the, the, the jury is still out on Desmond Ritter as far as I think the kid's a winner. I think when you when you look at you know his abilities, if you don't put him in the right positions, he's not going to succeed. You know, it took Matt a while to be able to win us football games, right? Like Matt Ryan was a guy early in his career that you felt like couldn't win you a football game. Yeah, he had the the Matty Ice and the comebacks and and all that kind of stuff, but you know, for a long time people were like, well, you know, he's He's not an elite quarterback or this or that. Like they had that, uh, they had that argument even when he was the MVP of the league. They had that argument. Well, he's not, he's not elite and all those kinds of things. People talked about that in a season where he went thirty-five touchdowns and seven, seven interceptions. When it was five to one touchdown to interception ratio with thirty-five touchdowns in the league and forty-nine hundred yards. At 69% completion. They had that argument. So think about what Ritter's got to do to overcome some of that. Now, again, I was watching some of the film about what Ritter was doing. You know, there were guys that were open underneath that he just did not throw to for whatever reason. You know, again, maybe he's trying to force a play and trying to get them back in. But then again, you know, they had that one drive where – you know, when they were driving down, they they threw like 35 passes on one drive, and they were averaging about three yards an attempt. Yeah, you, know, you got to do. I mean, there's some. There's got to be some kind of balance. I mean, Ritter was. I think five. I think Ritter was just under five and a half yards per attempt. That's not a good yards per attempt number. Now that that because of the fact that he threw a, a whole lot in that game, but that's not a very good. I mean, again, I look at three things for quarterbacks. Okay. Besides wins, like statistically, when I look at a quarterback, they they the three things I look at: completion percentage, number one. Okay, what is your touchdown to interception ratio? And then number three is what is your yards per attempt? That's the Don Coryell stat. Are you pushing the football downfield? Because the NFL game is to stand in the pocket and push the football downfield. That's the NFL game. You have to have a quarterback that can push it, and you have to have a guy standing on the opposite side of him that can take him to the ground. That's the two things you have to have in the NFL. They all have it. That that the teams that are really good have that. And you have to and you have to be able to do those couple of things. You know, kind of in a in a microcosm of, of things, but still. All right, let's grab uh, Pete out in Noonan. What's going on, Pete? Hey, man. Hey, before the season, I called you and I told you Kyle Pitts has never shown you anything that would lead you to believe he can be a great tight end in this league. 
And before the season, if I'm not mistaken, you said if he can catch 70, 80 balls, 1,000 yards, and 12 touchdowns, you can live with that. Well, now you've changed it to 55 catches for 550 yards. Admit he's a bum when it comes to a tight end. We spent a four, a number four pick in the first round on a guy that does nothing. When he is on the field, you do not notice him. You don't say, man, that's an athletic-looking tight end. As a matter of fact, Johnu Smith actually looks more athletic on the field now. Now, let me also get to this. Desmond Ritter is terrible. The Falcons do not trust him to throw the ball down the field. So we dink and dunk three yards. We throw a screen to Bijan. If he gets 10 yards, that great. This team is not going to be able to do anything for those reasons. You don't have a good quarterback, and the guy that you spent the number four pick on has been a bust so far. I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, but again, if but but here's the thing, okay? Whether we like it or not, these are the guys we have to have. Like, these are the guys we're going to battle with every week. Like, they, I have to figure out a way that we maximize the ability of Kyle Pitts and Drake London because those are the guys we got. Again, I wanted Panay Sewell or Micah Parsons. I, I, I Go back, watch my podcast, listen to me on the radio. That was the three guys, Pitts, Panay Sewell, and uh, – Micah Parsons, that's the three guys. And I wanted Panay Sewell because I thought Panay Sewell, you put him at right tackle. When Jake gets a little older, he'll slide to the left. You move Jake to the right. And, and again, you had your offensive line figured out for the next handful of years. I, I, I'm, I, I'm consistent about line of scrimmage guys and, and the fact that we don't influence the game. But guess what? They don't agree with that. And, and, look, if it tanks, then, then they'll be looking for other people. But these are the guys we're going to battle with. Whether, whether Pitts has been a bust or not, he's got to figure it out. I, I think I consistently said, look, we've got to have him be Travis Kelsey, who influences games. Our guy doesn't influence games. Mostly because he plays a position that naturally doesn't influence games. But when you have a guy at Kelsey's level, he influences games. And got him Taylor Swift. All right, time for the Falcons flyover coming up at the top of the hour. We'll hear from the uh, head coach and uh, pro football focuses offensive line rankings going into week four. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, Nights on the Game, the Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.